Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest for this episode is Marianne Welsh. Marianne was an ambitious rising star in the corporate world, working in the London office of a global consulting firm. But by her early 30s, Marianne felt burned out. She left her job in search of a greater sense of purpose, and it was at that time that she accepted Christ. Still unclear on a direction for her career, she followed a tiny bit of passion she had and volunteered for a local charity. It was there that she would rediscover a career path she had felt called to since college. Today, Marianne is a leadership coach that helps Christians in the marketplace discover, pursue, and achieve their own unique calling. Like many of us, Marianne has a story that's filled with setbacks and wrong turns before she found success. In this episode, we talk about three common obstacles people face in following the career they feel called to. Marianne offers practical advice about how to overcome each one to create a career and a life that's filled with a deep sense of meaning and purpose. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Marianne online at dawnsadler.com slash 021. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download the free daily planning tool, The Peak Page. This free tool will help you overcome procrastination and create more clarity, focus, and results in your day. Download your free copy at dawnsadler.com peak. And now, let's meet Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're joining us um, from England, and uh, I know that there's a little bit of a time difference, but I just really appreciate your time in sharing your story with us. Um, So why don't we just kick off by uh, having you introduce yourself to our listeners by telling us who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, Well, I'm Marianne Welsh. Um, I am a professional leadership development coach and I work with Christians in the marketplace who want to focus on God's purpose for their life. Um, I'm licensed with um, Destiny Coaching Ministries um, that was founded here in the UK, um, but actually works all over, um, all over the globe. And I'm also an associate of another consultancy called Forge Leadership Consultancy. That's great. How did you get into that? Yeah, so I I actually, so I'm 43 now and um, I left university over, I mean, over 20 years ago. And um, as I left university, um, I actually started looking for a job and I came, I, I, re- I basically started to, I love the idea of looking for a job and finding something that would suit my gifts and my skills. And even at that point, I thought, gosh, how amazing would it be if I could help other people to discover, you know, what, what they're good at, what they love. And cause I'd kind of realized that, you know, success normally comes when we, when we do what we're really good at. So, um, at that point I wanted to be a career coach, but I didn't really have a career. So, um, <laughs> 
I, I decided, well, I better get a career if I want to be a career coach. So um, I did the next best thing and I went into um, recruitment and then into human resources. And um, I was very ambitious. I mean, I was already thinking about how I could have my own business, but I just got into the corporate world. I was working for a big um, financial services company called Arthur Anderson that was later taken over by Deloitte. And, um, you know, massive global company. And I just, I think I kind of got caught up in the, um, you know, the career of the HR career and, you know, climbing the ladder, climbing the corporate ladder. And um, for a time, I kind of forgot about my earlier um, ambition. And I just was very much driven to, to climb that ladder. Um, so that was, and, that, and basically, I, I did that in my 20s. And I just became kind of very focused. You know, I'd always be like, okay, what can I do to get to the next level? And then I do it and then I get to the next level and then I'd, you know, I'd do the same again, but I'd kind of get to the top of the next level and then I'd get my promotion and then I'd be a bit like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> what do I do now? So, um, and actually my, I just worked so hard that um, it was really towards the, my kind of late 20s, early 30s that I, I essentially became burnt out. Um, I didn't know Jesus at that point, but through being burnt out and really having to take time out of the workplace, which was like my worst fear come to pass, having been a recruitment consultant, I was obsessed with having like the perfect CV. Um, having this kind of burnout and not being able to work was like my yeah, it was just a real nightmare. And uh, that's where I found Jesus. So it's kind of like the lowest point of my life, but it was the beginning of, you know, the best decision I ever made. Um, yeah. So in answer to your question, I, I was very at that point, um, just in terms of getting to where I am now. Um, I, I literally had no idea what to do, where to go. And, um, at that particular point, I just, I did, there was only one thing which I knew I loved and that was hanging out with young people in a charity that I'd been working with. And I kind of just followed a little tiny bit of passion. Um, and somehow through various different, um, various different events, and I won't go into the details now, I ended up getting involved in a couple of coaching startups, both of which failed within about 18 months. Um, and I got back into the whole thing of trying to fix everyone else's problems through coaching, um, and got exhausted. And I think at that point, I, I also decided to just, I thought, well, I've done my dream of trying to be a career coach and, um, I put it to one side and thought, okay, I'm just going to go and do something else. So, um, went off, joined a Christian youth charity, did a very operational role, very task focused, um, and just kind of did a, you know, a nice nine to five job, but there was always something inside of me that I think there was always this little question inside of me. I was just like, even though, even I'm, you know, I'm working for this Christian charity, we've got, you know, a lot of what we're doing is being recognized by the, the government here in the UK. Um, you know, we're setting up these fantastic programs. I just felt like if God, you know, this God that I was reading about in the Bible, um, if he really was who he said he was and, you know, we as Christians were meant to carry and carry the power that Jesus had given us the authority to walk in, why were we not having more impact? And, um, yeah. I just, 
and I, cu- I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I'd started coming across um, uh, a leader called Bill Johnson over in the States, over in your, your side of the pond. Um, and I started following him and I, I went, I, I actually, he came over to the UK and I went to a, one of his conferences and I just thought this is a man who's walking in his true authority. And um, I think the hunger that it stirred inside of me um, I just couldn't put down. And so I, I ended up um, packing up my bags, leaving my job, and um, I headed over to America to follow Bill Johnson for three years um, at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, and basically, in that time, my three years there, uh, the Lord did a massive work in my heart. And now, in hindsight, I see that really what he was doing was he was making me I think he was stripping me of a lot of the ambition and the performance that I'd had. And, um, he was, he was helping me to see who Marianne is and that Marianne is, is good as she is, you know, the way that he designed me. Um, and then when I came back to the UK, I knew I was called back to the UK. I, um, I was confident in my identity. I still wasn't massively clear about what I wanted to do with all of this power that I had. <laughs> um, and I came across um, Tina Southgate of Destiny Coaching Ministries, who I've now been working with over the last three years. And, and she basically, through a lot of her coaching tools, her coaching model, um, helped me to clarify my own purpose and calling. And in that, it's almost like my, my original dream, you know, 20 years back of wanting to help people to find their own purpose and calling. It's almost like that was resurrected, um, in the time that I was working with Tina. And, um, really I didn't choose to get back into coaching. It's almost like God brought it back to me. And, uh, and I've been doing that for three years now. I'm, I've, you know, I'm trained. I do it as a full-time job. I pinch myself every time I coach someone that I get paid to do this. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, it's phenomenal. I, I love it. So that's how I got into it. <laughs> There's so much about your story that, um, and we actually talked, we did a pre-interview a while back and, um, it's so fascinating for me because you work with Christians in business. We both have a heart for this space and, um, we have some similarities in our background with the very ambitious corporate, um, you know, climbing the ladder in corporate. And so I kind of want to jump into something specific that we talked about that I rarely get to talk about, but I think is so important. And that is around the idea of ambition. Mm. I, I think ambition can feel like a dirty word in the church. Like ambition is something that you have out in the world. It's not actually something that you have in the church. And to your point earlier about, well, if God is who he says he is in the word, then why are we not all just absolutely out there killing it? And so I'd love to get your, just kind of a little bit of your thoughts on ambition. Do you still feel like you're an ambitious person? Do you, how do you feel like your ambition has changed? What role do you think ambition plays in, uh, for Christians who are in business? Mm, Yeah, it's such a, that's such a good topic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my, what's happened for me is that 
the Lord has almost redeemed my ambition. And I, I think where I've come to is realizing that it's all about the underlying motive. So I don't think there's anything wrong in being ambitious. It's just what are you being ambitious for or what's, yeah, what is that motive underneath? And, you know, originally, so earlier on in my career, before I knew Jesus, my ambition was really for other people to see, it was, it was really about building my self-worth. I needed everyone to affirm me and to make me feel good. It was a selfish ambition. Um, and I think that's why he had to take me off for a long time and do a deep work in my heart. And I think I see that a lot in the people I work in with that the Lord actually wants us to, he wants to bless us and he wants to give us responsibility, but he can't give that to us until he knows that, um, you know, that, that responsibility isn't going to, it's not going to be misplaced and it's not, and it will destroy us as well. And, um, interestingly, a few years ago, I, I took, I took a role in a, um, in an organization where I was working with some people who let's say didn't have the same kind of ambition as I did and, um, were just comfortable, you know, just kind of happy just coming into work every day. And, it was actually a really good experience because I realized that that's just not for me. <laughs> I just don't yeah. do very well. Uh, that's just never going to be me. And, um, I think it just reinforced to me that actually it is, it's just naturally inside of me. And I think it's God's made me like this because there's stuff that he wants to do. And I, so I, I see it as a healthy thing now and I, I use it in a, in a healthy way now. I'd like to think anyway. I think so too. I think even, even if we as humans can sometimes slip, you know, back into maybe ambition for the wrong reason, I think it's a continual, I think it's a continual Mm. heart check, but I think that I, I really do feel like ambition is a gift. I think God needs people who are in the church, who are doing his work, who have big vision, um, it's just a big vision for serving others versus a big ambition for having a, you know, using all of that wealth and success and influence to buy yachts or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with yachts. Mm, Um, mm. I I do think it's a gift. I think people are specifically gifted in that way. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's, you know, the thing is that in the body of Christ, we're all so different. I think that's one of the biggest things which I've seen through the people I coach. And, you know, some people, you know, they don't, I mean, I remember someone that I was at Bethel with and she, she never, you know, she didn't really, she would say, you know, I don't have massive ambition. I I don't have like a massive vision that I desperately, you know, I just want to love people well in the moment. Now she's still having, an incredible amount of impact and influence. It's just that he's designed her differently. So I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think we're all very unique. I think the, the thing which I'm constantly challenged about is like, I need to be me and you know, you need to be you and the, you know, the next person needs to be them. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So what I want to do next is, um, you know, in our pre-interview, we talked about some of the things that we hear um, people, uh, uh, Christians are often challenged with in terms of pursuing their calling. And 
Um, it was interesting that we heard a lot of the same things as we talked. It seemed to be like three, we were able to identify three key themes of ways that people can feel blocked in pursuing their calling. So I wanted to kind of talk about each of those and just what you would say to somebody who might be experiencing any of these blocks. So for example, um, one that I hear is someone does not have enough time or uh, not enough headspace. They're very busy. They just can't get the time. They can't get the headspace. What do you say to clients of yours that come in and and are experiencing that? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a very common um, common problem here. Um, I think in the Western world, um, that our biggest challenge is you know the the amount of distractions that we have, and um, you know actually creating the space to engage with you know the much deeper issues of our heart you know I mean a lot you know a lot of our purpose the clues to our purpose and our calling are found deep in that you know those desires in our heart and um to get to them you know I don't think you can do it just when you're running around (laughs) you know from from one thing to another so yeah I think that's one of the biggest things and I I think you know a lot of people get get stuck with um, even creating that time in the first place to even start engaging in the process. Uh, and it, you know, it, it kind of keeps them stuck on that, that hamster wheel. I think the other thing, go ahead. I was just going to add another thing, which I've noticed, um, which is very common is that I think I, I see this particularly with people who work in, I would say like big corporate organizations, that there's, um, I think, another reason why they struggle to get the headspace is is because there's a there's often a culture in the organisation, um, and you know if it's a very high performing organisation that can actually cloud their own judgment and ability to see you know where they start and where the organisation finishes. So often, culture will will actually be, um, directing how they think about themselves. So, you know, that's what, you know, getting, finding that headspace to separate themselves from what the culture is saying to the truth, um, I think is a huge challenge. Yeah. I think that's a really, I think that's a really great point. Do you think that there's also, um, do you think sometimes people fill their calendar with the sort of the urgent out of fear? They know that they're called to something, but maybe they just feel scared to actually step into it. So they kind of overcrowd their schedule as an excuse not to say yes to God. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know whether they would know you know, I, th- I think we've all been there. I don't know whether they would know that yeah. they're, they're not, you know, it's an excuse. Um, I think we can sometimes, you know, we can find ourselves doing that. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I live in the big, you, you guys live in New York. I live in London. Um, it's so easy to get busy. Um, and to lo- and I, I remember someone saying, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you don't have a goal, you're just, then you're just basically filling someone else's goal. Like you're just meeting someone else's goal. 
Um, and I think that happens a lot of the time. Like you can just be moved from pillar to post as other people have demands and, you know, want, you know, want this and want to see you then. And so, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, I think often that does take us away from God. And I think as Christians, um, we think that doing, doing good, you know, we're doing good. And that's, that's, I think we can confuse doing good with what, with doing what God wants us to do. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think that's so true. And I think you're right. I think we don't even know that we're doing it and we've all done it. Um, I think especially in, um, I'm sure it's true for everybody in all parts of the globe, but especially in big cities, it's very easy to fill things up and, and, um, and not really understand. And so I think to your point earlier, just getting quiet before God and getting that heart check, um, on a regular basis is, is so good. That's such a good point. So what would you say to somebody, and there's um, a couple of things all that that are lumped together here, but somebody who's feeling overwhelmed, not sure where to start, um, they're, they're waiting on a clear word from God, or maybe they're just not even sure what direction God is calling them into. Where would you, what, what would you tell somebody who was struggling with one or some, a mix of those? Gosh, yeah, that's, it's so common. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you literally, so a lot of people I see, I, they, they have a pretty good idea about where they want to go, but they just don't know where to start. Sometimes it's just a case of, you just need to start somewhere. Um, I think the earlier on in your career you are, um, or, you know, the, the younger you are, um, the less important it is what you actually start doing. Um, I think the main thing is, is actually getting moving. Um, there's that, that idea of, you know, a ship, you can't steer a ship when it's in a harbor, but one, once a ship is out of the harbor, you can, you know, it's easier to steer. And I think God's like that, like often he's just looking for us to start. So, you know, if you've got a prophetic word, um, you know, there's, there's no point having prophetic words if you don't do anything about them. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes it's just a case of get going. If you literally don't have any clue of where to start or what God's calling you to, um, I mean, I'm a, I've got to where I have through the people that I've got around me, I would say. And I, I see, I think the most, you know, people that really succeed are the people that get, um, gets other people around them who have gone, you know, gone ahead, gone before them. So I would say that that would be a very a good place to start. And failing that, I mean, when I was in my lowest of my low and I didn't know what to do with my life, I just followed. I mean, I was quite depressed at this point and I just had to ask myself, what, what am I interested in? Like, is there anything that I'm interested in right now? And that's when I was like, well, I do like this particular charity that I'd been on a, I'd been on a kind of like mission trip with them. And I loved hanging out with the young people. And so I went and volunteered for them. So I just followed a tiny bit of interest. And that really led me into more of a place of hope. And from that place of hope, I was able to follow. So I'd say follow your passion. Um, But, you know, ultimately, it's like it's getting the support. You know, the reason I do coaching is because I believe that coaching is coaching is a brilliant way of, you know, working with someone to actually get to a place where you can articulate your vision. 
and um you know planning it is planning is the easy bit planning and actions the the easy bit it's it's actually getting the clarity of the vision that's my thoughts anyway yeah i think that's so true and i think what you said about just you know follow follow the path i think sometimes if we were given the whole vision you know we ask this we pray for this just give me the whole picture how does it all end god and mm-hmm. god's like no I, because it would be so overwhelming like we serve a god who uh gives us infinitely more than we could ask or imagine so mm-hmm. if god were to give us like here's the big plan i don't know about you i would short circuit i'd be like i don't even know how any of that's going to happen um <laughs> but i i love that sort of breadcrumb um, um, process that he does with us sometimes is just gives us a desire for something and we don't know why it is. We don't know how this piece of the puzzle is going to fit into the big picture, but we just say yes and step forward. And then there's another interest or another, and it leads and leads and leads. And just seeing God continually show up through that breadcrumb um, process, uh, I think is how I mean, that's relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that idea of bread, you know, the breadcrumb process, because I think he does. He like, he, yeah, it is about relationship. Like, it's just finding those. I think of it as like a little treasure hunt as well. Like, yeah. looking back in the clues, you know, you can easily go back and look over your life and find clues to your destiny through the things that perhaps brought you alive more or brought you a bit of joy. And um, I think we can sometimes miss those treasures. And often those are, though, you know, that's where the clues are. Yeah, 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 I think that's true. So, um, so let's talk about the third one. And this one, we'll, we're probably going to land here for a few minutes because I know it's a big one that each of us have a tremendous heart for. And that is... Um, one of the blocks that stand in the way of calling, we talked about not enough time or headspace, the overwhelm, not sure where to start. And the third one is overcoming failure. Like after an epic failure, learning to trust yourself again, learning to trust God again, believing God's promises are still true when we feel like, oh, he must be mad at us or it's so disappointed in us. Um, or even when we feel like we said yes to something that God called us to, and it didn't work out the way that we wanted, um, which can feel like a failure. So that's a lot of stuff all wrapped up um, into one. But just starting with that idea of I have failed in the past and I no longer trust myself um, or I no longer, you know, I'm not sure what kind of trust I have in God. What would you say to somebody who who came to you and, and was in that space? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so common. And I almost think it's part of the, the walk in a way, um, Mm -hmm. from what I can see. Um, I'm, (laughs) it's funny how I coach people. I, I tend to, um, spend time just, um, envision, you know, helping them to envision what they want and, and, you know, really beginning to uncover their dreams. And, um, that often, you know, that often does bring up the disappointment and the, you know, that, that sadness about failure, but I don't ever really spend too much time on it. (laughs) I don't spend hours pouring over it. Um, because I think, I think that's what the devil wants us to do. 
he wants us to focus on the failure. So I generally just really encourage people to keep moving forwards. And, um, I don't know. I just, I I feel like that's, that's quite an interesting, it seems it ultimately it does seem to work. And I think the more you move forwards, the more it then throws up perhaps some of the limiting, the beliefs that we've picked up along the way of, of who God is and all of that. And in a way, moving forwards forces you to have to start looking at what do you actually believe? Um, and that, I think that is part of our walk as a Christian. Like, are we going to believe what God says? Are we going to believe in our experience? And I don't think there's any way to grow in our character than actually moving forwards, but it is a huge, you know, it's, it's definitely a huge thing. And, you know, I had two failed coaching businesses under my, under my belt. Um, but I know now, you know, it's, it's easy with hindsight that, the reason that I'm successful <laughs> is because of those, because of everything that I learned in those failures. So I suppose like even, you know, looking at testimonies of what, how other people have overcome disappointment would be a really, you know, that's a, that's a, a useful way of helping to, to get over that. Yeah, I think, I think that's really good. You know, there's, um, we had another, uh, episode, um, that was really interesting with a, uh, a guy by the name of Brian Buonasisi and he had, he's a DJ and he had talked about, he had tried it before. He, I believe he said he had tried it twice as well. Um, and now has a very, very successful business. And, uh, I think that we tend to categorize, um, you know, the big wins as good and the disappointments as bad. Um, but I feel like it's the failures that, which nobody ever wants to go through, right? We're not like, Oh God, please bless me with a massive failure. That's not, (laughs) that's not actually a thing, but, um, a lot of what we are called to actually comes as a result of failure. So, um, I feel like, I feel like there's three gifts of failure. One is wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, one is empathy and one is authority um, when yes. we're able to get to the other side. And all of those are part of maturing as a Christian um, and in our spiritual maturity. And so I feel like as difficult as it is, it's not easy to say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to frame this as failure. I'm going to be really grateful for this and I'm going to mm-hmm. thank God and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move on. But I feel like that, you know, aspiring to that kind of mindset around failure, um, understanding that God's favor never left us, Mm. even if we're walking through something that didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. Um, if we could get, you know, get to that headspace around it, um, it would make us more fearless. And to your point really early in the podcast, about um, if God is who he says he is, why aren't we all out there just, you know, absolutely killing it? Um, Mm -hmm. And and I wonder if part of that is how we talk about, think about, and act as a result of failure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we have a choice. Like when something fails or when something doesn't go the way we thought it should, should, um, we then have a choice as to how we deal with it. And, you know, again, a lot of the time, um, 
you know, we, we have a choice as to whether to go into the, the victim mentality or mm-hmm. to remember who we are in him and that, you know, our, our performance and how we've done and all of this isn't actually based on, on what, you know, what on our experience. Um, I was just, I was actually thinking of a, an interest, like a story from my life when I came back to the UK, um, this is about three years ago, I, um, I was just beginning to do coaching again, but I felt like I needed to get a part-time job to complement my income. And I took this job leading this, um, is a small charity locally. And, um, within a few months, it became very apparent that it wasn't the right place for me. And um, I felt like I'd made a terrible, I don't know whether it's a mistake, but it just, it wasn't right for me. Um, And it wasn't really, I I just don't think I could have ever succeeded in the role in the way that I would like to have done. And, um, and basically I resigned and it was all, you know, you, you could, on the outside, you could have said that that was a complete disaster, both the charity for me, you know, everything. But, um, now, now I can see that in that time, first of all, my, my identity, which, you know, God had been working my identity in the the three years preceding, that was the time where I had to really stand in the truth of, you know, like, even if I'm completely misunderstood in the local community, um, can I still trust that I'm a child of God? The second Mm. thing that happened was, so I, I I began to actually stand on that identity. The second thing that happened was that I was meant to be raising a whole load of money for this charity. And I actually thought, gosh, if I'm meant to be raising this much money for them, why don't I just do it through what I love doing, the coaching? And, um, it actually drove me to give coaching one last shot and actually put all of my energy into getting a coaching business up and running. So I found myself a coach at that point and I said, please hold me accountable to giving this my love, you know, it's like everything. And, um, you know, don't let me stop <laughs> unless, you know, and for at least a year or something like that. And, um, you know, and that was basically what got me to the place where I actually got this business up and running. So I, I often use that as an example of what might've been a failure actually drove me even deeper into my purpose and calling. And sometimes those times where we're not, you know, it doesn't show outwardly that we're growing on our calling. Those are the times when actually more, more stuff is happening under the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good example. I'm sure our listeners, all of them can think about a time in their life where it seemed like everything was miserable and all was lost and, Mm. um, and how actually those are experiences that God can use to steer us back into, um, back into the lane where, where he's called us to. That's really great. Yeah. And absolutely. And hopefully, you know, and for those who are actually in it right now, you know, just know that, you know, this will be used for good in your life. Like this is driving you even deeper into your calling and the character that God, you know, a godly character. Yeah. Yeah. A godly character. I love that. I love that. Well, um, unfortunately, this has been such a great conversation, but unfortunately, we have to wrap it up um, with our final five, five questions that are designed to resource our listeners. So um, we'll start with what is, other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? 
Well, this was a hard one for me thinking about this. Um, I'm a, well, I'm going to say it's actually What Colours My Parachute. And um, it's a very practical book that I came across from my very early days um, all around discovering, you know, the right career for you. And that was a game changer for me. Um, don't know whether it will help other people, but that, that did actually change my life. That's a classic. Uh, it is a it's classic. A really- and it's very practical as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to include uh, links in the show notes um, so our listeners can can easily find that. Um, and other than this podcast, of course, what is a podcast that you're listening to now and why? Well, I am still the, my, the leader in the, the entire world that I still follow um, – even though I'm not in the same country as him, would be Bill Johnson of Bethel Church. I always listen to his yeah. podcasts. That's great. That's he's, great. I just think he's a phenomenal leader. And what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Um, well, it's actually one that you mentioned earlier. Um, it's the Ephesians 3.20. Um, so, and I've got, I actually pulled out the amplified version because I think this one really packs a punch. So it's the one that says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare or ask or think and infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. That is my favorite verse. Such a good one. Such mm. a good one. Mm. What is the best business advice that you ever received? So... This was when I was really get, kind of getting my, my coaching business up, up and running. Um, it was just when someone said to me, you know, there'll always be more clients. Like, there'll always be more prospects. And that really helped me to overcome that fear of lack. So, you know, if I was speaking to a prospective client, I didn't have to be in that kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is my only chance to get it right and to you know, win this person over. And, uh, it helped. I think it's, I think it's a really good tip even for things like evangelism because it, it just, you know, you, you can just issue invitations to people and then they get to choose. So that was a really, really great piece of advice. That's a great one. And mm. what encouragement you gave us some encouragement earlier, but what additional encouragement would you give to somebody who right now is just feeling really blocked, uh, maybe by one of those three um, common things that we talked about? Um, what it, what encouragement would you give to somebody who's feeling blocked, who really wants to pursue their calling, but is just feeling blocked? I would say, um, I would just say, do whatever it takes to go after discovering who you are and what you're called to. So literally, if that means selling everything that you have, moving, traveling across the world, um, getting the right people in your life, just do it. Like, don't waste a moment. In my experience, the things which I've given up, I remember Bill Johnson using this expression. It's like, you give up pebbles but you receive diamonds like that thing, which you're, you don't feel that you can let go of. I'd just be like, just let it go, go for it. Find, find the right people, do whatever it takes and don't, don't wait another minute because yeah, the fruit or the, the joy that comes from walking in God's purpose. And I'm only just touching it now is, 
is so, so good. It's so worth it. Mm, it's so great. And it's a joy. And just, just to go, like, it's not a joy that's based on circumstances. That's the only thing I would add. It's a joy that comes from knowing who you are and knowing that you're walking in his, you know, in his will. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Miriam, mm-hmm. do you mind taking a moment and just praying over our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be my pleasure. Yeah. So gosh, Jesus, thank you that you are so good. And thank you that you are, well, heavenly father, you are our original designer. You created us and you created each one of us so uniquely that you are the, the God of perfect design And I pray right now for each and every listener that um, today you would reveal to them just something special about how you've created them. And I pray particularly for those who aren't quite sure where to go from now, that you would just prompt their heart, prompt them to take that, whatever that small action is towards them really living in the fullness um, of the life that you've actually paid the price for. Yeah. And I thank you, Jesus, that you came, that we would have life and life more abundantly. And, um, I thank you that wherever we are, we can experience that right now today. And I pray that that life would just fill every listener right now, that passion that you've placed inside of them. Yeah, we just thank you, God, for the testimonies that are going to come, even just from out of the conversation that Dawn and I have had today. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Marianne, thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom with us today. I really, uh, I just so appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to be talking to you today. I'd like to thank my guest, Marianne Welsh, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at dawnsadler.com slash 021. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download the free daily planning tool, The Peak Page, at dawnsadler.com slash peak. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening. <laughs>